Hello, everyone, and welcome to the eighth episode of the 13th Year Podcast. I am here with the lovely Jack Salvin. Jack, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? All is well. All is well. Um, I know this is not set up to be, you know, not as many miles have been traveled in the past week, but but we Definitely still got an episode coming. And uh, for the second half... Uh, our friend Eric will be joining us from Southern California uh, as he's attending USC. Yeah, so that should definitely be a a pretty interesting guest to have on. Uh, as I mentioned last episode, I'll be traveling to Ireland uh, at this point in four days is when my flight is. So we'll have a pretty good crop of guests coming up as far as people who live far away are concerned should be like 3,000 miles to the west for Eric and 3,000 miles to the right for Alice whenever we end up having her on. So to get a pretty unique uh, perspective and some unique stories in the next few episodes. Yeah, and speaking of stories, we have a new blog post uh, up on the website from Jack. Uh, There were some problems on the site. I called up... uh, my cousin, we were on the phone for a little while. She is a lot more uh, computer savvy than myself. and She works at Google. <laughs> and without, I mean, without doing like web-related stuff in probably years, was able to fix my problem, you know, within an hour. So the site is up. It's looking pretty. Jack has a nice new post. And uh, by the time this comes out, he should have another great blog post on the site. Yep. Uh, I've just kind of been going through my trip, but uh, I thought it would be good to add some pictures to the stories that I've told on the podcast. So uh, each post that I'll put out will be a week, and for each week, every single day, we'll have one picture and a uh, little blurb under it, kind of going a little more into depth on that specific uh, place or event uh, within a day. So even on days where I did three or four really cool different things, I cut it down to just one and focused on that. So uh, it'd be a good place for people to kind of get a little more in-depth look on certain things that they may have heard and been more interested in and also just kind of get that visual aspect that uh, a podcast kind of lacks. And inspired by, by Jack's idea, I also put a little little post up that you can see now that I just I just put some images up of where I've been what my day-to-day is just to help in a little bit of visualization so so check out the website abodemedia.org and uh, enjoy the content there we appreciate it so uh, I guess we should probably get started with the actual podcast <laughs> so what have you been up to recently over in uh, Puerto Rico yeah, uh, I have definitely been in the full swing of things since since the last recording. Uh, I mean, it's been the weekend and then five work days, weekdays, uh, where I've basically just been spending the entire day on the phone uh, with another worker here from uh, the organization. So basically, that just goes. We call someone, confirm their um, address, their conditions, contact info, uh, people in the house, 
and basically just make sure that all the info that we have in the database is fully up to date. And uh, now we have 20 people profiled out um, and a meeting tomorrow to kind of see the next step. If we want to visit all these people, if there's anyone who for any reason shouldn't be included. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I had a pretty exciting weekend went out with uh, two people from the town here to Ponce on on Sunday and on Saturday just went out here in Arjuntas and you know went out to eat with them it was very nice to spend some time out in the town here and kind of get the the locals guide of the town you know where all the murders happened all that kind of stuff and then Sunday went to Ponce went to Marshalls and Walmart and kind of bought everything that I need to be living here. New alarm clock, air fryer, whole bunch of food. So so that's been my week. It hasn't been, you know, particularly, you know, story-filled, but it's been a really good week. I'm feeling really good, and uh, and I'm happy happy with where I'm at. What about, what about yourself? Uh, well, I just wanted to ask a few questions just to clear it up. Uh, how many... Solar panels, uh, are you guys going to be looking to set up? Is it 10 houses? Yeah, so it's 10 houses and six panels per house. And basically, those panels will fill up a battery that in the event of an outage will, will replace the need for a generator or, in most cases, people going without power. So you'll still have to. So you've cut down from two hundred to twenty, and then you'll have to cut down from twenty to ten. Yeah. So we're we're gonna visit the twenty houses that we have right now. Likely, maybe there's some minor changes to that. Um, so we have a meeting. We're gonna review that, and then starting Monday of of next week, we'll be starting the visits, and from there we'll be doing an energy assessment of the house. Um, and then basically just further recording need, you know, there's only so much information you can collect over the phone and through survey. So yeah, being in person, being able to talk to them, really get an idea of the situation and then going from there. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, is this still kind of within your uh, idea or vision of you possibly doing something like this in the future? Like, do you still <clears throat> kind of have those feelings as you've, progressed a few weeks further yeah i don't think that really in the past you know week or so it's been too much of a development it's basically just been working since in the last couple of weeks but i definitely you know i'm still in the same place regarding uh, an interest in in energy renewables and energy resilience for sure yeah nice so on your end since since returning from the trip, what have you been up to? I know you don't have too much recovery time before leaving, but let's hear it. Yeah, well, uh, I really haven't been much to up to much of anything. Uh, I've just been working some shifts at Target. They've been uh, pretty short-staffed the last few months, even while I was away. So they're pretty glad to have me back uh, yesterday. I was kind of shoved into a last second shift that I didn't totally want, but was kind of peer pressured into by uh, all the other workers because they were all accepting shifts uh, because there were some like really 
high up person coming into our target to like inspect it and they needed all hands on deck to uh, kind of appear a little more prepared uh, and functional than they actually are. Uh, that's kind of what I've been doing the last few weeks. I did not end up going to Montreal. Uh, with kind of a bummer, but it is what it is, and I will be in Ireland in a few days. So uh, I can't complain too much. Uh, just kind of thinking about, or starting to think about packing. I'll be at Alice's house, so I'll be able to do laundry and stuff. So I'm kind of just thinking pack for maybe like a week. Uh, they've got a little colder temperatures than we have here right now. So probably a lot of sweatshirts, uh, definitely a rain jacket, but uh, not packing anything too interesting. That's kind of been my week. Uh, I've also had the end to a little bit of a saga as far as my wallet goes and a bracelet that I got Alice for her birthday, which she knows about, so this won't be a surprise. She knows about it? Yeah, because I had I had gotten Lily a bracelet for Christmas, and then a few months later, Kay sent me this gift card and like a full refund for the bracelet, and was like, the materials in this are not what we thought they were. So I was like, all right, I have to buy, I have to use this gift card, and it's like a $100 gift card, so... Uh, and I've gotten Alice a few different things at jewelry. So I just kind of asked her what kind of thing she'd want uh, or has the least of. Say it with uh, me. Soup. It's her birthday. Come on. If Come on. Like, if you you can't not give her anything for her birthday. Yeah. I. How much do you spend on this bracelet? Uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, well, let's let's hear the let's hear the the wallet story. Uh, well, they're kind of a little in uh intertwined. So, after we left Moab, which is the town right outside of Arches, and we were going towards Boulder, uh, probably about two hours into the car ride, I'm like, oh, the bracelet should have arrived at our house. Uh, so I was, I texted my mom to just open it, you know, make sure everything's fine. So she does, and not everything is fine. All the uh, paper that would have been in the box and the little jewelry box inside of the UPS box was just open. UPS box was fully taped up, so it wasn't like tampered on our porch, but there was just no bracelet. So obviously, uh, I'm pretty mad about this. Uh, although I won't disclose the exact amount, I did spend a pretty decent amount of money on it. So I was kind of freaking out. Um, and we ended up very angrily calling Kay, since this is kind of the second time they've screwed me over. And their uh, response team was like, well, we'll have to look at all of our cameras and investigate it. So it's going to take us about two weeks, and then we'll send you an email, and you might get a refund. And we're like, that's really stupid. She's like, well, too bad. So just kind of hung up and was like, Ugh. uh, but luckily within just a few days, they returned it. So it must've been really, or refunded it. So it must've been really early in the process when someone took it out of the box or didn't put it in the box, whichever it was. And 
I was fully refunded the gift card amount and the amount that's out of my pocket. And I uh, just reordered it and it came in about two days ago. Looks great. So at the end, in the, at the end of the day, I'm happy about it. But uh, during that same car ride, I also realized that I'd left my wallet in the ATV, uh, which is also a problem because I carry around way too much cash. So I had about $350 of cash in my wallet. And uh, actually, I didn't know I left it in the ATV. I just knew I didn't have it. So I was freaking out thinking I was down like a few hundred dollars, that plus the bracelet at that point. But we called the ATV place and we're like, yeah, we found it. And uh, like, we'll send it out today, which they didn't do. It took them a few days, but did eventually get it and uh, got my wallet back, which was good because I needed gas for my car pretty badly. So uh, didn't lose up, end up losing any money outside of the uh, shipping cost for the wallet. And uh, it all worked out in the end, which is good. So uh, my day-to-day hasn't been super consistent or interesting, but I imagine yours has, especially with the work you've been getting done. So just kind of walk us through uh, what a day in the life of uh, Tim McCory in Puerto Rico is like. Yeah, um, it has it has been good. I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick walkthrough of, of today. I bought this nice new alarm clock from Walmart that's like totally mechanical and it just rings these crazy loud bells in the morning and <laughs> it's awesome. I mean like the classic like circle. It's the classic bells. circle with two bells on top. Nice. That you like twist up. It's it's pretty dope. So I woke up today at seven thirty and usually I try to be like in the organization in the office by nine. So I was up at 7.30. I took a shower and the, sometimes the water doesn't quite work. So it's just deathly cold because it's coming from the mountains. So freezing cold water, you know, as Jordan would say, it's a billionaire shower. And take my freezing cold shower, you know, go down my little spiral staircase uh, as I'm on this apartment that's just plopped on top of a house. And walk down, you know, about four blocks down to the little town plaza and buy myself a latte and some waffles and fruit, some like strawberries, blueberries, uh, grapes and like cream. And it was walked it back here, ate my breakfast while reading the Atlantic and New York Times. And I was working by like 840. So I was 20 minutes ahead of schedule. I uh, did work for the project here for a couple hours. And then uh, at one o'clock, another employee who's working with me uh, on the project came and we visited um, some of the businesses around the town, around the mountains that are solar powered and put up like a poster board kind of thing um, at all the businesses and wrote, you know, this business is run by solar in the event of, you know, extended power outage or hurricane, you can come here, charge your phone, refrigerate medications, uh, any medical electricity needs, you can come here. So it's definitely a cool and an attempt to combat the pretty horrible energy system that there's a pretty big community involvement and stuff like that. I mean, there's like 150 solar houses in this town of, that's the size of Glenville. Um, 
and the solar grid in the plaza plus the towns who have solar from the organization here has made it for basically every area is covered with some sort of solar fridge or solar house or solar co-op microgrid so that's pretty cool like town spirit kind of thing yeah definitely Um, then returned here because the director of the foundation or of the organization rather was here and he like calls me over and he needs earbuds because he's doing a skype and i like talk to him it's an interview for a live interview on abc news so i'm like you know that's a pretty that's like a you know nationwide news network and he's just like do you have any earbuds i can use so i'm like setting up my airpods on this guy's phone that he's just holding as like the abc news crew is waiting for him and it's very <laughs> funny and then he just like sits in the corner of the room and is just doing this interview in english which is a language that he doesn't speak too well just totally freestyling with, with like no preparation and you just like look over and this guy is just like live on tv on a major news network so using my airpods i was like it's pretty cool you know it's a busy guy he's a professor in a town that's two hours away from where he lives and then he is director of the organization here which is two hours away from where he lives and two hours away from where he works so i don't really know how he holds it all together but it's a pretty interesting you know life setup and then uh Went up to the apartment, made myself some dinner, and uh, called some folks. And now I'm here talking to Jack on the 13th year. Definitely the uh, highlight of the day. Definitely the highlight of the day. For those, I think I've mentioned this a few times. Uh, I work at Target. And uh, although I'm quite the Swiss Army knife as far as Uh, different jobs at the front of the store go my official main job is the front of store attendant which means he's the cart pusher yeah i'm all (laughs) i'm the cart attendant for the glenville target so uh something that i saw online and uh, i thought was kind of an interesting idea is that you can really tell uh, a lot about someone depending on whether or not they return their cart to the cart corral, which, uh, which I think is just kind of interesting because it is like the epitome of something that you don't gain or lose anything really by doing it. Like you're, no one's going to arrest you for just leaving it next to your car. Uh, but no one's going to applaud you or be like, good job. You, you did it. You put the cart in the corral, but at the end of the day, you're making it easier for, the car attendant to go out and just grab them all instead of having to walk to uh, that corner of the parking lot or whatever. So uh, I was just kind of wondering if you think kind of what your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, as a self-proclaimed great person, <laughs> I, I don't know. I probably go 50, 50. If it's, if it's close enough, I, I return the car. I don't know. I'd probably say, like eighty five fifteen. I usually return the cart. If I don't, I put it somewhere where I'm. I I never take up a cart parking spot. The only time I ever don't put it in the little corral is like I'll put it on a curb next to a bunch of others. Yeah. But you, you I, I I would never be the kind of person that leaves in a parking spot. That that's the kind of thing that can just be like, 
someone's trying to pull into that side and they're like, oh, no, after a bad day, the last thing you want to do is have to open your car door, move the cart, come back, you know, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so has being a cart pusher, you know, pretty experienced cart pusher now, you know, year on the job plus, have I, you... I actually just got my letter from Target for being a year, being there for a year. It was like 365 days at Target. And then it was like three of the team leads that are like, thanks for being a hard worker. Thanks. <laughs> um, so since, since working, do you... Are you, you know, a cart staller or cart returner? Oh, I'll definitely. I mean, when I go shopping, I'm a very uh, frugal. Or I don't really buy very much stuff for myself. Uh, so when I go shopping, I'm not buying enough stuff to fit in a cart, probably like 95% of the time. But when I do use a cart, I definitely return it. Because, uh, you know, I'm always thinking of my fellow Cart attendants out there. Uh, I stand in solidarity, solidarity with my uh, with my brothers out there in the uh, brothers, and orange brothers, best. sisters, and anyone else. Yep, very inclusive community. Yeah, I I I support all the park park pushers. <laughs> <laughs> I support all the cart pushers, and I appreciate them doing a job that. At Target probably does not deserve fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> I mean, it, they can't hire, they can't keep someone around for the uh, cart attendant for their life. I, I think I'm the entire time that I've been here. There was one other cart attendant that was around for a few months, and eventually just kind of stopped coming in. And since then, people come in for one shift, they'll push around carts for a few hours, and they'll be like, "I'm done," and they'll never come back. So. It's definitely not a job that anyone likes doing. So if anything, I'd say I should probably be paid a little more than your average checkout person, personally. Well, that brings us to the end of the first half of the 13th year pod here. We have our friend Eric joining us from the University of Southern California. We'll be right back. Second part of the episode, and we got our friend Eric on the line from California. How you doing? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. So uh, Eric has traveled the farthest out of all of our uh, friends. He's traveled from uh, upstate New York down to Southern California, like uh, Timmy said. So should have a pretty unique experience, uh, especially compared to uh, everyone else who stayed in the northeast with the exception of jordan tim obviously so uh i'm anticipating a pretty interesting episode especially with usc and its uh culture and la as a whole so uh what you been up to eric uh not much i mean the past few weeks i've just been sick the whole campus has been kind of sick so it's kind of been a little low-key for the past few weeks there's like, what are the uh, COVID restrictions for USC? I know that there was a, a rather explicit story that Timmy had mentioned a few weeks ago. I don't know if you have heard about that, but the libraries. 
I don't think that was me, but I heard about that. Uh, so, um, there are different dorm buildings. Like, everyone's, like, stuck in their own buildings, and we're not allowed to visit each other's buildings. And they have, like, security guards in front of each one, so they'll scan our IDs when we walk in, and if you're not supposed to be in that building, you're not allowed in. So the story you heard was probably there's been a lot of random hookups all around campus because people can't get into each other's dorms. So yeah, our library, well, one of our libraries has like underground book stacks that are just books, bookshelves, and like no one else, no one's usually in there. But if you need a book, you can go down and get it. So people, there has been rumors of people going down there to hook up and getting caught. So, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so it's a pretty far move that you made. Are you, you know, feeling homesick at all? Happy with your decision? Um, you know, I really like it here. But yeah, every once in a while, I just miss home. And it, it just feels weird. Like, everyone I know is so far away. And they're like, you guys, well, Tim, you're kind of far from everyone too. But everyone else is sort of close together. It just feels so weird to be so far away from everyone. Yeah. So we, we've been asking everyone, just give us like a little bit of your day-to-day. You know, obviously it varies, but just a day in the life of, of Eric right now. Yeah. So um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I only have an hour of class. So it's 11 to 12. But then Tuesdays and, Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's 11 all the way until 5. So every day I wake up around like 10, get ready, eat breakfast, and go to class. On Fridays I have some classes, but I usually end up not going. And what happens is on Thursday nights and Friday nights, um, there's just a lot of parties and stuff going around. So that's usually go out and party on Thursday and then sleep in on Friday and repeat. What What is the, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, USC kind of has a, prominent party culture yeah and it sounds like you've kind of been a part of that do you have any stories from those experiences that you're willing to share or things you've noticed or anything of that nature nothing really big i don't really have any big stories i think like all the nightclubs in the area do 18 plus on thursdays and friday nights so any most of the freshmen end up going there because we don't have frat rushes until second semester, so like all the new freshmen are in frats. So a lot of them just end up in nightclubs on Thursday and Friday nights. Yeah. Um, then there's tailgates and stuff before the football games. That's usually a really big thing. Have you been going to the football games? Yeah, I've gone to almost all of the home games. Um, hasn't been a really good season, but still a really unique environment. And really enjoyable. Yeah, so how much of of USC is like it's it's pretty campus centric, right? Like how much time do you spend outside of the campus? Yeah, it's kind of like our own little bubble. I mean, the area we're in, like the area the campus is in is when people say it's like unsafe, it's like one of the more unsafe parts of LA. So everyone usually stays on campus. Um our campus security has like a like two block perimeter around campus that they patrol 24 seven. So usually people just stay within that little perimeter and it's just on campus stuff. So you're majoring 
you originally applied for poli sci, right? And then you switched to computer science? Um, yeah, it's kind of complicated. Right now, I'm technically still poli sci, and I'm taking a bunch of computer science courses. It's like a process to switch. So they're going to like evaluate how I do in those courses before letting me switch. But honestly, right now, I don't even know what I want to do. Like, do I still want to switch or not? It's kind of confusing. How, how have you been doing in those computer science classes? Uh, I'm taking two of them. One of them is like a coding class, which I'm doing really well in. And then the other one is like some abstract math stuff. And oh, no. I never really like liked math, so I'm kind of struggling with that one. Yeah, I would. I, no. <laughs> that that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from, you know, academics and going out, have you been a part of any clubs, done any other interesting activities? Yeah, so um, I mean, part of like the party school culture, like a lot of these clubs I'm in are just, they end up just partying too all the time. So like one of the ones I'm in is the Chinese American Student Association. And all they do is just throw parties every week. So there was a party last week. Um, I went to that, but that's one of the clubs I'm in. And then I'm in one that's like a politically affiliated club. And then another club that's like, it's like Association of Computer Machinists or something, it's a computer science club. But what's the uh, political one? The Trojan Democrats. Like are are these clubs meeting often or is it really just parties? Um, I think I told you guys about Trojan Democrat parties. Yeah, right? I, I got a couple of texts. So there's, yeah. Um, so yeah, they have, they also just have their own parties. They have, every once in a while they get together to like, the whole club shows up to some rallies or whatever. But a lot of clubs out here just end up being like, just partying clubs. It's just like groups of people with shared interests and then they just party together. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I remember, how long were you there? It was probably like only a week or so in when you were doing all your kind of like freshman introduction stuff. And you sent a video to the group chat. And it was just you (laughs) at like some concert. And we're like, what the hell is Eric doing in this like club banger-esque concert? It was like outside somewhere, but it was like (laughs) flashing purple lights and like heavy bass. And I didn't recognize the artist. It was but Pop Smoke. I, um, no, 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 but no, no, the guy up there. Clearly, Pop Smoke was not up there. <laughs> Rest in peace, yeah. Um, so, like, celebrities and, like, musical artists and stuff show up to USC all the time. So we have, like, a concert committee that tries to get them to perform for us. And they usually do, like, a concert every month or so. That was our welcome back concert. Um, they released a lineup with a bunch of names that I don't know. I don't know if any other people knew them, but it was like you know, Audrey Nuna and then AG Club. It was some names that I've never heard of. But there was like rumors going around that, I mean, there was so many rumors going around of different Tupac people who would show coming. up. Like, and the main one, everyone was saying Trippy Red would show up. Um, and usually, like, rumors are rumor, but, like, what 
what people say is that every year they release a lame lineup and then they have like a surprise guest. So like I think two years ago they had because last year was COVID. I think two years ago they had Saweetie and then like the year before that they had Post Malone. So even though it was like a rumor, everyone fully expected Trippy Red to be there. And it ended up so we stayed the whole time and there was no special <laughs> guest. So and, and everyone was like kind of just it was kind of lame because we've never heard of these other artists and they brought out like a dj that was just bumping pop smoke for like an hour so that was what you the know, video I, was yeah have you been able to uh hit the beach like that's not something you can re- i mean you could do it on like the jersey shore i guess but a true like la style beach is not something you can really get uh up here so have you been taking advantage of that or um i went like the weekend that I arrived, I just checked it out. But since then, I haven't gone at all. And we have like a train station right next to our campus that does run all the way to Santa Monica. But people don't usually go a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. If everyone just kind of stays on campus. And does like, I don't really know. So I've, uh, as you've, I know you listen to the podcast. So as you've heard, uh, I've, I've been going to a ton of national parks. And uh, if I do kind of do another trip like this or another trip like I just did later in the year, I was looking at uh-huh. uh, California because California has a ton of national parks, especially like around where you are. So, uh, like, have you uh-huh. looked into going to any of the parks around you? Death Valley, Sequoia, uh, Yosemite up north, like... You got a ton of great nature outside the city. I don't know if you you and your friends have kind of looked into that for any three-day weekends or something. Yeah, and we were actually thinking of, like, during the trip, like this weekend, the four-day weekend we have for fall break. But um, we all got sick. I'm still sick. And, like, half the campus is sick, so it's kind of got canceled. But we were going to just go around the area and visit a bunch of these parks and museums and all sorts of stuff after that we're still talking about thanksgiving break because i don't think i'm going back to new york so we might do something around then uh not sure does the campus close for thanksgiving break campus is open the only time it's closed is the christmas break so it's open for spring break as well okay yeah but and so you're gonna come home winter break Coming home winter break, and I haven't decided for spring break yet, but that's a while away. But, I mean, obviously, you haven't been there super long, like Tim said. Uh, But from what you've experienced so far, like, do you think uh, post-graduation, post-graduate, whatever your future plans are, do you think you're likely to stay in the SoCal area or come back up north or... Where do you think you might plant your roots as of now? I, I do like it here, so I wouldn't mind staying, but I guess it kind of depends on what I end up wanting to do. Um, there's a bunch of majors here that can get into like a five-year program where you get the bachelor's and master's yeah. in five years. So if I end up in one of those majors, I might just stay and do that here instead of going through the whole like application process and then moving and yeah, all of definitely. that. So if I'm in one of those, I might stay. If not, then I'll have to think about it. 
Yeah, and I guess if you do end up going for computer science, uh, that's definitely the, or at least one of the areas to be. So probably a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. There's there's recruiters like on campus all the time, just trying to get like. There's so much stuff going on. And uh, with uh, winter slowly coming to uh, the Northeast, are you more of a Four Seasons guy or more of a warm and slightly less warm like uh, Southern California has? Are you going to miss the snow? Well, I guess you'll be here, but. Um, I mean, I think my favorite season was always like fall. So we kind of get like a little bit of a fall season around November time. But um, I won't really miss the snow, but I, I'll end up coming back anyway, so I'll see it. It'll be a little bit of a shock going from, like, 70 degrees every day to, like, negative <laughs> negative temperatures back home. But I think I, I like the weather here probably better than back home. It's been – it's not, like – like I would say in this unit there was days when it's so hot and that doesn't really happen here it's kind of like stable like just mid 70s every single day yeah I just looked it up so it's not like it doesn't have those burning hot days yeah it's it's the same thing here it's definitely a it's a little nicer than the range of literally 100 plus degrees yeah yeah I'm trying to think like you were with us all I mean, last time I was in New York, and now you're in L.A. Like, <laughs> what, what can you give us? Like, I mean, that's – people consider L.A. like one of the culture capitals of the world, if not the culture capital of the world. Are you feeling, like, more woke? Like, do you feel like you need yeah. to dress better? What, what, like what is it? Trees. I love the palm trees. It feels like – at least the LA people, like the kids here that are from the area, it's weird. It feels really like superficial kind of like they're all like putting on an act or I don't even know how to explain it, but I would definitely say like the people here are really different. Like the people from here are really different than the people we have back They're not really like New York. Real New York is. <laughs> That was not. Even, <laughs> I don't even know what that accent was, Jack. That sounded like a Boston uh, accent, if anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. Like I'm accent. so used to doing Boston accents for, you know, when the Sox win. <laughs> not good ones, purposely bad ones. But. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know if I believe a purposely bad ones. I think you can just leave that at bad ones. <laughs> Let's hear let's hear your purposely good Boston accent. There's no such thing. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, well, I mean, another kind of major thing about LA culture are the sports. Obviously, you talked about the USC, uh, like collegiate level stuff. But I mean, Lakers coming back pretty soon. I know you're a huge LeBron fan. He's down there. I don't yeah, you can like games, you can but... actually be a Lakers fan now. Can I? If yeah, you live yeah, in LA, yeah. Yeah, if you like move there, you can definitely you definitely have a solid claim. What happens when I come back home? I turn into a I feel like fan. If you go to college somewhere, I think for the rest of your life you have solid claim to claim their sports teams. 
Okay. I guess I have to give you guys all my Celtics jerseys. Uh-huh. I'll stay away. Will woke me up like three days ago. He just called me and woke me up. And it was like, help me make my Tinder profile. I was just. I hope you didn't help with that. That that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> None of those were my suggestions. Uh, should do an entire about media post just dissecting Will's profile. <laughs> when he says, "What's the energy?" What was what was he going for? I don't even know. <laughs> One of my like friends that's a girl was looking like i showed her to see what she like for an opinion and she was like this whole thing gives me red flags it is just all red flags but (laughs) he didn't seem to be too enthusiastic about using it yeah like he'll send some pickup lines but i don't know i don't know if he's actually gone Mm -hmm. on a tinder date yet so we we had a quick uh interruption here as eric got a food delivery to his to his dorm and apparently the 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 guy was from a different dorm so how how did he get in all right so the way the the lobby works is there's a door to the stairwell that is only openable openable by an id for a student in the building so someone from a different building can scan their idea and it won't work. And the door won't unlock. And then next to that, there's also a security guard sitting in like a booth. It's like a little elevated booth with like plexiglass all around it and everything. And you also have to like show them your ID, uh, like scan your ID and they, there's like profile photos and they look at it all. So you go past the security yard and you have to scan your car to get into the stairwell. This guy hides around the corner. And when someone else that actually lives in the building comes through, shows the security guard their ID, opens the door, this guy like gets down on the floor and belly crawls (laughs) all the way along the lobby floor until he's in the stairwell. And there's just like the slightest angle. Like if he was like, if he got in like, Another inch or two off the ground, the security guard would see him. But because of like the angle of the desk, he's just barely hidden. And he does this like every week and just shows up at my door. <laughs> he's just knocking to deliver uh, food. That's a, a nice friend. Okay, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. consider that a genius solution, though. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what else. We've done like id swaps so like you scan one like a person in front like you sandwich someone in between you that's not from this building and the first person will like scan their id show them and everything and then it'll be like almost like a card trick and they somehow get their id to the person behind them without the card seeing in like that split second and then the next person will scan their id like scan the first person not just like emergency exits you can use they, they like alarms will go off and stuff. Um, I had a friend in a different building that tried to use like, like some maintenance door, and apparently it sent an alert to like campus security, and they got caught. It seems like it's just such an unnecessary precaution. But like, if they were trying to be one hundred percent safe, I would understand. 
but like you saw the video I sent of the, the fake Pop Smoke concert, and they have thousands of kids crammed together with masks off, just at the football just, games, at like, the dining halls, make sense. at the classes. Yeah, football games, dining halls, exactly. So it doesn't make sense when you consider everything else that's allowed. Like if they were being a hundred percent strict about it, it would make sense. But in the context of everything else, it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Like some of them, literally, okay, a couple weekends ago, I, I knew a couple people who just flew to Hawaii for like a weekend, just Whoa. out of nowhere on like business flight. Like like they got business seats and everything. Like it was just crazy. Like how those are the kind of people you gotta befriend. <laughs> I'm working on it. Well, yeah. that that brings us to the end of the eighth episode of the Thirteen Year Podcast. Uh, on the website, we have two posts that are now live. Nice one from Jack. He should have another one coming out by the time this is released, and I I post another one as well. So check out the site abodemedia.org. Check the social medias out to get notifications. Thank you, Eric. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, have a good night, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye bye.